for years before I met this next guest, I had a larger than life image of her from the amazing stories Kedron would tell of the days when they were babies together running an AIDS housing organization in Baltimore. Uh, you know, I heard stories about fundraising at leather bars and tattoos and piercings and navigating, you know, the intricacies of Baltimore aristocracy. Uh, both of them went on to have very different careers, but we're going to find out how Kedrin and Mary Alice found each other again. Welcome to the Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for the Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. And today, we're turning our focus on uh, creativity to revolutionize achievement. Mary Alice Yeski, who is the creative director at Work, at Work Wisdom, is joining us today. Hi, Mary Alice. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for uh, joining us today, uh, calling in from Baltimore. Um, so I have many questions. I want to jump into them. First, uh, first and foremost, uh, I think our listeners will be curious to know, how did you come to work at Work Wisdom? I want all the details. <laughs> well, it's a long and um, an amazing story, actually. Um, well, I think it's amazing. Um, I do, too. <laughs> and it starts a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, in 1998, I had just graduated college and um, was applying to a bunch of different jobs, as one does when one is now an adult, mm -hmm. and um, was very lucky in that what I was very specifically looking for was a nonprofit job, um, specifically in uh, in AIDS and HIV activism. Mm -hmm. And I found one in Baltimore and um, went to work for a tiny little nonprofit called Ayers. And my boss was a wonderfully cool lady <laughs> named Kedron, um, who hired me. And I, I have so many memories about the that happening. I mean, when you get your when you get your first job, it's such a big deal. And yeah. Um, the interview process and meeting her and the rest of the staff. So I worked with Kedron at Ayers. Um, to, we worked together for probably about four or five years. Um, I started out as the kind of office administrator there and then moved into a development position. Mm -hmm. um, Kedron was smartly sort of grooming me to kind of move into some of the things she was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and it was an amazing job and, and a really and an awesome time. Um, we were very young and scrappy and uh, <laughs> all the things that you kind of romanticize about your, your first job out of yeah. school. And um, you know, Kedron, Kedron and I were kind of a dynamic duo when we were there. It was, it was a really, it was a very life-changing time for me. Yeah. And so then you, and then you came to work wisdom. Well, yeah, but there's a lot in between. So <laughs> there's like, there's like 20 years in between. <laughs> um, so Kedron, Kedron left Ayers uh, when she um, started her family to stay at home with her then newborn son. Um, and I stayed on for a, about maybe a year or so after that and then went on to different uh, jobs mm -hmm. in the nonprofit world and the and the all of lots of other places. Yeah. Um, but Kedron and I stayed in touch. Um, some years more so than others. There were you know big chunks of time where we didn't you know see each other for a long time. Um, 
but she kind of, and then she moved to Pennsylvania and, you know, her family was growing and I was sort of, you know, on a, a similar trajectory, but just a few years behind. So, you know, I got married, I went to grad school, I had children of my own and we, throughout the years, um, typically when I was facing some sort of massive life crisis about what to do with my life, <laughs> I would call on Kedrin, um, because she was such a, she, from the day I met her, she was such a, um, a strong mentor figure mm. for me, um, you know, really kind of a big sister when mm. we worked together. And then um, just someone who I've always wanted to emulate, whose opinions I valued, who was just smart. And I'm not just saying this because she's my boss now. <laughs> um, so, you know, whenever I was wanting to quit a job, wanting to know, should I start my, can I work and be a mom, you know, work-life mm. balance? Should I quit a job and stay at home and be a stay-at-home mom? All of those moments in my life the first person I called or emailed was Kedrin. Mm, yeah. um, so we had stayed in touch. And then I, then I did this just that my, and my family grew. I have two children now mm. and I ended up staying home for many years. And then um, about I don't know, six or seven months ago, uh, she sent me a message and just said, Hey, you know, can you come up? I want you to meet Sarah and I want mm -hmm. you to see where we work. And I have maybe, maybe a little marketing <laughs> question for you. Kind of nonchalantly. <laughs> And, um, and I know Kedron enough to know that that was, I was like, hmm, hmm, I don't know if this is what I think she's saying it is. So yeah. I prepared myself for what I thought might have been a mm -hmm. very, um, clandestine job interview, <laughs> <laughs> um, which it kind of was. And so anyway, we had lunch, you and Kedron and That's I had right. lunch, um, and we met, you and I met, which was wonderful. And we all just kind of fell into, you know, the same type of manic hand gesticulating, <laughs> excited talking. Um, cause Kedrin and, and, and you kind of explained where you guys were with work mm -hmm. wisdom and kind of where you, how the business had come to be and what your needs were in terms of marketing and social media and messaging and all that good stuff. And she basically said, Hey, you know, do you want to come do this? And it was the most easy. Yes. I've ever, I mean, yeah. besides her hiring me in 1998, it was the second, <laughs> second easiest. Yes. I've ever yeah. said in my life. I didn't even have to think about it. So 20 years later, she hired me again, and it was pretty amazing. And I, there's a song, there's a song by The Who where they say, meet the old boss, or meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Oh, and yeah. that's, yeah, that's my new, like, my theme song for Kedron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. All right, so at Work Wisdom, what do you do at, like, a high-altitude level and then, and then at the granular level as well? Well, I mean, high altitude, I guess the the loftiest way you could say it, I think, is that I I, I, I shape the messaging for the organization. Mm -hmm. And I take the work that you guys do with the clients and I translate it into a way so that the rest of the world can understand mm -hmm. the amazing work that we're doing and grasp it and, mm -hmm. and understand how, how, how it works and how it can help them. Um, on a, a real granular level day to day, I handle the graphic design for the company, the social media for the company, um, some of the writing, uh, most of the kind of marketing decisions, and then a little bit of project assistance here and there. But really marketing and communications is, is what I'm spending most of my time on. Yeah, the new lookbook for 2019 just came out. I mean, I don't know how much time you had to put into that. But it's lovely. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And well, and then the other thing is I went to grad school for graphic design, yeah. but didn't end up doing that. My career track kind of 
had a couple U-turns. And so so it's not something that I had um, been actively doing every day for a long time. And it's just felt so good to kind of get back in there and like remember all the keyboard shortcuts in Adobe, in Adobe InDesign, which I'm now remembering. And it's, um, it's, it's been such a joy to kind of do what it was I wanted to do to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. When you, when you think about our winning aspiration, how does creativity contribute to revolutionizing achievement? I think it's, I think it's essential. I mean, I think, um, if you really want to parse down what you guys do, you help organizations change for the better and change cannot happen without creativity. Change cannot happen without thinking outside the box and, you know, brainstorming and spitballing and throwing a hundred different ideas up on the wall. I mean, it's really the root of what you guys do and it is creative. I mean, it's, you can think of it in um, more technical terms, what you guys do, but at the heart of it, it is creativity. It's, 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 absolutely. Yeah. it's, it's, it's fertilizing. It's helping change. You know what I mean? Going from one thing to a bigger, better thing. And that in, in its essence is creativity. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is a choppy question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's the most interesting slash useful thing that you've learned slash is there something you've learned that you wish you knew 10 years ago? <laughs> Does that make sense? That makes sense. You mean <laughs> things that I've learned like Reese, like working yeah. for work wisdom? Yeah, um, recently. Oh, um, I mean, the thing that I think I'm so aware of now that I wasn't that in retrospect is kind of hilarious because having listened to you say it so many times now, it's so obvious is how important listening is. Mm. Um, and it's a point that, you know, having listened to the podcast and read all your material, you know, it just, it comes up, it comes back to that over and over and over Mm. again. And there were a lot of things, you know, at other jobs and, and heartache and pain and Mm. frustrations where I think if everyone was just listening to each other better and stopping you know, just taking a moment to stop talking and just truly listen to somebody, um, you know, and you have to learn that. And I think I'm better at it now than I was 10 years ago, but how crucial that is Mm. to so much of an organization's success is something that you specifically, Sarah, have definitely taught me because it just kind of, every time you mention anything, it's like, oh, and the first step to do this (laughs) is listening. (laughs) It's true. It's very true. Yeah. It's a big one. It's simple, but it's hard. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I like this next question, which is what's the weirdest thing about working at work wisdom or, I mean, you know, surprising. <laughs> um, well, I was surprised when I found out that not everybody is there, that I'm not the only sort of lone person. Okay kind of calling it in, <laughs> phoning it in. It's a wonderful thing that the organization, you can hire people that live in, you know, in New York yeah. and live in Baltimore and, and still be a cohesive team. Um, I think the thing that surprised me the most um, is, although this isn't really surprising because I do know Kedron, but I think across the boards, everyone on the team at Work Wisdom and, and the whole, um, the whole vibe of the organization um has such a, what am I trying to say? There's such a high priority put on everyone learning. Mm. You know what I mean? Like everybody's so eager to learn and even at the top. And that's such a a rare thing. I think when you have leadership that can be, um, 
uh, not, I don't know if humble is the right word, but not have to be the smartest person in the room about everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and to know when you are, that's important. But to know that like, oh, hey, I don't know anything about this. Like, let's all let's all listen to somebody that does or let's all, you know, I don't know. I just there's a there's an eagerness and a hunger to learn um, and knowing that you don't know everything um, can really make you so much more of a better mentor for somebody. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, maybe that's one of those values that's not explicit, but is, yeah. Yeah, but, it's not listed on our, our values yeah. list, but it's there. It's totally Definitely. there. Ah, that's fascinating. Hmm. So back to creativity. What? How do you tap into your cre- creativity? What, what gets you there? Or is it just always happening? <laughs> Are you one of those kind of people? Oh, it's always happening. It's, <laughs> I have I have a ticker tape in my brain that sometimes I can't turn off. Um, I think the main thing I do, which is something I learned in grad school, actually, which is to just constantly be looking at stuff. That sounds silly. <laughs> um, well, visually, I mean, I'm constantly yeah. kind of visually. If there's a if there's a Instagram post I love, I save it. If I see a, mm. a picture of something and I'm taking a walk, I snap a picture. And I keep on, on my phone, um, I have a couple different folders and one of them is just called cool and one of them is <laughs> called keep, keepers or one of them is called um, I don't think good design or something. You mm. know what I mean? If I just yeah. see something that is well done, mm. just save it. Even if it has nothing to do with anything in your life, just <laughs> save it because you know that it's good design. Yeah. Um, and I think looking at everything as a source of inspiration, um, is a way I kind of keep going. Um, mm-hmm. and to not just limit yourself to, Oh, here's a nice annual report. I'm going to remember this when I need to do an <laughs> annual report. Like that's great. But also, you know, this bag of chips is a cool design. Save that yeah. too. Cause maybe that's going to be the cover of your annual report color scheme. You never know. <gasps> okay. <laughs> that's very cool. I would have never yeah. thought about that. I'm glad you're doing this for us. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be able to trust me. It's such a, it's such a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Do you have advice for other creatives that are in world changing organizations? Um, I think my main advice would be to not, um, to not minimize the importance of what a creative or marketing or communications person does in an, in an organization where there is amazing or are amazing things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially in the, like the nonprofit industry, nonprofit world, you know, it's the programming side of the nonprofit where, where things are happening. You know what I mean? Right. If we're, if we're a, a food bank it's the programming side that's giving the food to the people but like the marketing person is it's you know writing up this and taking pictures of that and you can feel sort of detached from the mission yeah um and i think if i had any advice it would be to don't don't let that turn into a bigger wall than it needs to be and don't minimize your work as not really making change you know what i mean like you are making change because that photo you just took could bring in a ten thousand dollar donation you don't know um and i think you can you can self-doubt yourself into a corner um, if you feel like you're not, you know, if you're not, I don't work at a, you know, a creative firm doing this, that, and the other. It's like you are, you're still doing that important work, um, but for a better reason. Um, I think that would be my advice. Know your value. Know your value is my advice, which I should also take. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, I was just thinking about this notion of, I interviewed Ayana Ehrman, who uh, started Imagine Goods, the clothing company. And, and then they have this new line coming out. 
And I was thinking about how, you know, it, they have the infrastructure, they have all the things going and how important marketing is going to be because mm. their company actually helps people who survived sex trafficking and are, you know, are getting paid a, a, a good wage to do design and sewing and, and all this stuff and, and make clothing. And so it's, it, it's like, it feels so important. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the kind of thing where, yeah, definitely like the, the part, the part about getting the message out is, and the right message out is that's going to be so key to their Crucial. success. Yeah. It's crucial because otherwise it's just, it's another t-shirt, you know, right. but I mean, if you know what happened to make that t-shirt, it becomes something extraordinary. Yeah. Yes. So one of our core values at Work Wisdom is originality. And so as a creative, how does that frame your work? Thinking about that. Um, th my work specifically for Work Wisdom, it's framed in the sense that um, to always remember to let Work Wisdom sort of speak for itself in a way, I think. Mm. Um, one of the first things I asked you guys when we met for my um, – secret job interview, <laughs> my, my quote unquote lunch that I knew what it really was. Um, one of the things I asked you guys was, who, okay, so who are your competitors? That's mm. the first thing I'm going to ask any company where I'm sitting down to understand who they are and what they do. Yeah. And I remember getting a couple names and sort of then going home and looking into it and Googling it and figuring out kind of the temperature of everything and other organizations. And there really, there aren't any, there isn't yeah. a company that does what work wisdom does. Um, and that's super important. And I yeah. think, um, you know, we talk about in the work that we do, we talk about differentiators and that that's crucial, but don't spend all of your energy saying how you're different from somebody else. Spend yeah. a lot of energy just explaining who you are and, yeah. and how, how you're, you're magic in your own way. And I think that, like I said, just sort of speaking for itself as opposed to saying we're not Pepsi and we're not Coke, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think can be way more powerful, especially, um, you know, when somebody's coming at you in, in a, at a point when they kind of need assistance or need help, it's like, just kind of show me, show me what you do and show me the magic that you make. And that that's a much stronger story. Mm. Last question. Okay. If the genie in the bottle could grant us one wish, what creative act <laughs> would you want us to do at work wisdom? <laughs> okay. I have, I have a vision. I have this like pie in the sky. You give me a million dollars and this is what I'm going to do. Um, one of the things about work wisdom that is challenging is that you can't see the work mm. <laughs> in this, in the sense that you, yeah. I can't show you this shirt that we made. You sure. know what I mean? It's kind of like this, this shirt wasn't so great and now it's better, but I okay. can't really show you the, I can't show you the process. Yeah. So my, my, my creative pie in the sky wish list would be to like have a film crew somehow in a really awesome, <laughs> candid documentary way, show a client's journey mm. with work wisdom. You know what I mean? Like really show it like here we are and we're in this place where we need to change or we're going through this and then to show you know the communication and what happens and the skills and all of the things that are going into it on the back end and then the kind of like reveal like a you know before and after sort of but it's hard to do it's hard work to to describe and explain because it's a lot of there's confidentiality stuff and there's also just it's it's a talking and learning process it isn't there you know it, the, the, there's no tangible product so Anyway, my, my dream, my genie in the bottle wish is a, a 
documentary crew to follow us for a year and create the greatest movie ever about work with Oh my God, I'm going to obsess about this now. <laughs> <laughs> Have I created a monster now? <laughs> well, I had, I had like a little sh- tiny seed of a, an idea about this and and now you've just it, it's Uh-oh, blown goodness. wide open and now oh boy okay all right oh well i'll goodness. start um i'll start getting the chalk for the clapboards and getting ready <laughs> okay perfect. i'm excited excellent <laughs> excellent <laughs> oh mary alice i i'm so grateful to you for being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace enhance their individual and collective team performance I'm so grateful to to know you and and glad that you're part of the team. And you were so cool. I hope one day <laughs> that I am like half as cool. Maybe I should like a fifth as cool as you are. Oh my goodness, um, Sarah. We're all cool. We are all cool. <laughs> we are a cool bunch of people. Everybody's cool. See, you would say that. Of course, you would say that. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I could say. <laughs> how cool you are. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much for being on. Thank you, listeners, for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. Mary Alice wants you to subscribe to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com. You can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Productions, ask questions and and give suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. Uh, Thank you again, Mary Alice. Thank you, Sarah. This was a joy. As is our custom, we'll leave you with One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMello. Said a traveler to one of the disciples, I have traveled a great distance to listen to the master, but I find his words quite ordinary. Don't listen to his words, listen to his message. How does one do that? Take hold of a sentence that he says, shake it well till all the words drop off. What is left will set your heart on fire.